you've worked hard to build your business and now it's time to grow. Welcome to the Multiply Your Success Podcast. I'm your host, Tom Dufour, CEO of Big Sky Franchise Team and a serial entrepreneur. And today's episode, we're in for a treat to talk about how to go from the zoo to the wild, from the zoo to the wild. And our guest, Chris Lalamia, just released a new book called From the Zoo to the Wild. And he shares how he went from what he refers to as the corporate zoo of a corporate uh, position into the great wild of being an entrepreneur. It's a fantastic book with great information, and he's got just a clever, witty, funny way of expressing things. So you're really going to enjoy the interview. And we're going to open our episode today with this question, which relates to your organizational chart. When is the last time you looked at your organizational chart? Do you have one? That might even be a better question for some of our entrepreneurs listening in. in. But when's the last time you looked at it and looked at the people on it, their positions, who's where, what, other positions you might be looking to create or fill, or maybe reassign duties? And if you haven't done it in a while, I think it'd be a good takeaway from today's episode to go ahead and do that. Today's guest is Chris Lalamia who's a successful entrepreneur after many years in the corporate world, realized he was not fulfilling his dream of starting and running his own business. It may sound familiar to some of you. For the past 12 years, he's run and built what is now a multi-million dollar home renovation business. Chris is not only a great businessman and entrepreneur, but he's just a great person as well. And I'm so thankful and grateful to have him on the episode. So let's jump into my interview with Chris Lalamia. My name is Chris Lalamia with the Trusted Toolbox here in Atlanta, Home Repair and Projects and Renovations. Chris, thank you so much for being here. I've had the, uh, in my opinion, great fortune of having known you now for several years and being around and watching you grow and do some amazing things with your business. And for someone who's maybe not as familiar with your business, I'd love for you to talk a little bit about the Trusted Toolbox and what you do. Yeah, here at the Trusted Toolbox, we have uh, 15 handymen that work for me. They do everything around the house from drywall repair to wood rot repair to fixing that punch list around the house. We try to put a professional wrapper on your handyman that you usually would expect coming to your house, but our guys will show up in logoed vehicles. All of our guys are background checked and we go through continual training. So we try to provide those home services for customers with a professional service. One of the things that I love about your background is your story on how you ended up into entrepreneurship. And, uh, you know, as luck might have it, you just finished a book from the zoo to the wild. Uh, so check it out on Amazon to our audience listening. And we'll make sure we include it in the, uh, in the show notes here, but talk to us a little bit about your journey and how you came to where you are. So when I was 17, I said, I always wanted to run my own business. I had worked in a machine shop in Michigan and said, I really want to be that guy. I want to be the one who runs his own business. And I was challenged at the time by my my father to say that, you know, if you've got a wish, you better write it down because wishes and hopes are only granted in Disney and the movies. You better have a goal and you work for it. So I wrote it down at 17 and then I went off to basically not do that. I went off to college, got my master's in mechanical engineering, went to work in manufacturing and then ended up in consulting and then of all things banking. But I really was the fix-it guy working in the corporate zoo. And I enjoyed a lot of success and I got intoxicated with it and I got to do a lot of really great things. And I worked with some great companies 
Um, but I picked my head up at 35 and said, wow, that piece of paper that I still have with me, I wasn't doing. I was working for somebody else. And I had that job. I had the corner office. I had the Mercedes. I had the custom suits. I had 400 people working for me. And I realized I was miserable. I wasn't doing what I had always set out to do and what I think I was meant to do, which is run my own business. So um, I came home, threw my tie down, told my wife, that's it. I'm out of here. I'm leaving. And she said, whoa, 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 hang on there, Sparky. Before you go off, you better have a plan. And so uh, I decided uh, to work on the plan. And I took uh, about a year to come up with what was I going to do? How was I going to do it? And then launched the Trusted Toolbox as a professional service of home services and doing home repairs and handyman work in April of 2008. Wow. April of 2008. Huh? What was happening at that point? That seems like a pretty well, memorable time period. Yes. <laughs> if you go back to April in 2008, uh, you'll know that people were saying that there were some problems with these things called these mortgages, but they were all day mortgages that other people had you didn't have. Nobody told me there'd be a real estate recession that would throw us into the Great Recession. So I started my business literally three months before the wheels came off. And I watched the entire economy plummet right in front of me when I started my business. So in terms of timing, I don't have any. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Uh, well, great attitude about about it now. Probably was not funny when it happened. Um, so so share with us a little bit. You know, you here you are. You open this new business you you're you're basically now you're a you're a retired corporate employee uh, now self-employed running your own business and literally the economy just tanks it you know the wheels fall off the bus and here it is uh what did you do how how did you respond that's a great question so i i sold a mercedes and bought two white vans wrapped them put myself in one van i'm pretty handy and so i started on the handy van but i did everything. I was building my processes. Uh, but as it really started to go down at the end of 08 and the beginning of 09, um, I was able to grow up to three or four handymen. It slowed my growth and it it did help. That being said, there are a lot of sleepless nights on the couch going, what have I just done to myself? And I learned something that I think all entrepreneurs need to have. And that is you have to be optimistic and sometimes blindly optimistic, but you have to be optimistic and you have to be persevere. You have to have perseverance. So I learned that about myself, but it was tough. Those first, I would say it took about four years to really get the engine rolling. Wow. Well, and, and uh, you know, tell us about uh, the book here. I love the name, the title of the book. And we were talking a little bit about your story and, you know, what led you or compelled you to actually write the book? I know a lot of people talk about it or say maybe one day or I might, but, you know, you've got such a, for those, I've been fortunate to know Chris for several years now. And he's got a great sense of humor, really fun guy to be around. Um, and so uh, talk to us about the title and, and where the idea for the book came from. Yeah. So from the zoo to the wild, I feel like I was in the uh, corporate zoo. Uh, it starts out with me here in Atlanta. We had a famous gorilla at the time at the Atlanta Zoo called Willie B. Uh, so to give away the first chapter, that's how it starts. I was strolling my daughter and my uh, son through the zoo. And I looked at this guy who was supposed to be the king of the jungle and the big gorilla. And I looked at him and he was in this four by four cube and he had plexiglass walls and a tire and he was sitting on this tiled floor. And I looked at him and said, you think you're really the king of the jungle, huh? And I started walking away going, oh my gosh, that's me. 
I, that's who I think. I've had people tell me how great I am and you're doing great things and you keep going and you get back in that zoo and you keep running those people. And I started to realize that um, for me, it was an epiphany. And that was that, that as Tony Robbins talks about that gut uh, moment where I went, that's, that's probably, uh, I've got to go, I've got to go off and start. So I wrote my book because I felt like I did a lot of things right in terms of planning. Um, and I did a whole lot wrong. And I wanted to make sure I shared some of those stories with people because it is the American dream, but the joke always has been, I'm living the dream on the couch and it feels a sure, it feels like a lot of nightmares. Um, but that's why I wrote the book to give people a perspective on what it's going to take to really run a business and, and the gut checks you have to go through and, and how you got to get ready for that journey into the entrepreneurial wild that you and I both enjoy now. And it is wild and it is fun and it's exciting. It's exhilarating, but it's also filled with rumbling, bumbling, stumbling and scraping your knees. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. And, you know, is there, is there, are there any, you know, quick talking points or highlights that you it, it, that come out of the book to just highlight a couple of points as uh, maybe a checklist item for someone who's whether thinking about uh, you know starting their own business, maybe buying a franchise, or you know clients that we work with that are now thinking of, that are franchising their business. Yeah, I do have a couple of talking points. I think everybody needs to write a business plan, and that's in my book, and I'll talk about that in the book. But I talk about. It doesn't need to be that A paper. You don't need to polish that turd, make it perfect and have it all there. What you do need to do is have it down on a piece of paper and then find people who are willing to talk to you about it. Now, nobody wants to do mentoring because that's just called free consulting. But if you find people who can give you some advice and give them a little bit uh, and be interesting to them by using the business plan, I was able to flesh out a lot of uh, issues that I didn't see happening before I started my business. So a business plan and finding a mentor group that you can engage with, with specific questions and make yourself interesting and authentic. Don't just say, hey, I've got this idea. What do you think? Because then everybody goes, well, that's a great idea. But they don't <laughs> give you any details. Yeah. Oh, that's that's great advice. Great advice. I love that. Well, and this would be a great time as we're talking about some of the content in the book to dive into part of the formula for the show here, where we talk about this idea of misses, makes, and multipliers. So we we start with a miss or two that came along the way. And is there one or two you'd like to share and something you learned from it? Yeah, there's not just one or two, but I did uh, think about this a little bit because you told me about it before the uh, uh, the episode started. Probably my biggest miss was one of my greatest strengths is my passion and my passion for people and leadership and development, which also leads me to, you've heard the phrase from consultants, hire slowly and fire quickly. Well, in the real world, here I am, I didn't do it. And so I did not identify toxic employees quick enough. And they have cost me uh, a lot of time, energy, and eventually money. So recognizing what a toxic employee is doing to you and your business is huge. And that was probably my biggest miss was holding on to in three different cases, because I can't just learn it once. I've got to have it beaten over my head three times. Uh, it has um, every time has set me back a little bit. Yeah, well, that's, uh, you know, I think that's a chronic challenge for so many small businesses out there. And I cannot exclude myself from that either. I've been in that situation um, where, you know, it, 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 it's a tough, it's a tough position to be in when you're a small business and that person might be fulfilling a role. And, uh, you know, if you terminate or fire that person, now all of a sudden you're back in 
the van or back doing the sales or back providing customer service. And you're like, oh, goodness, I've got to take another step back to go two steps forward. And sometimes we don't want to take that step back. No, it's hard because um, you're trying to move on and move up and you're trying to be, uh, you know, and the E-Myth does a great job of talking about that, the entrepreneur, the manager, or the technician. And you feel like you've got to go back into another role that you didn't want to fulfill. And so you're, in my case, it was the best sales guy I had in my company, but he became a toxic employee and I left it happen. And yeah, we finally parted ways. And you're right. I went back out and had to do the sales again and had to step back in and I couldn't do the growth. I had to do the sales until I could hire somebody who I felt comfortable with again. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and how about a make or two? You've had a lot of success that I've as I've followed you and seen what you're doing. And if for those of you who aren't familiar with Chris, you got to look him up on LinkedIn and get on his uh, on his uh, regular updates and videos that he's sending out and sharing. He does share some amazing uh, content. So what about a make or two along the way? Yeah, probably my biggest make was staying uh, staying true to what I had in my business plan. It's still in a red folder. And it said I was going to stay in the home repair and renovation business and I wasn't going to venture out too far. And a couple of good makes, as they say, sometimes the best sale is the one you didn't make. I had a chance to uh, get into some apartment maintenance contracts and I pulled back from it. And at the time, it looked like a lot of money and it looked like it was going to be the next shiny object and I was going to do it. And uh, again, I bounced this off somebody who I trusted. And he said, that's not really what you said you were going to go out and do. You better go back and reread what you had said. And after further reflection, I turned down that opportunity. And as it turned out, they uh, they actually would have been a, it would have been a bad fit, and I would have been distracted from growing the business. Um, so here I am, thirteen years later, and as they say, you're an overnight success. It just took me thirteen years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it is funny how that happens, right? It's uh, you know, uh, it's like you started, and then thirteen years passed. And you forget, you know, magically the blood, sweat and tears and challenges and ups and downs all along the way get forgotten or or conveniently overlooked by someone looking in. Right. When as they're observing from the outside. Right. Um, yeah, exactly right. People could look at you and go, wow, look, you're so successful. I'm like, hey, hang on. It's been it's taken a long time. I've lost a lot of hair over it. And if you haven't, you can't see this on the podcast. But yeah, I'm a bald guy. <laughs> it wasn't when I started. Well, uh, well, great. Well, thanks for sharing that. And how about a multiplier that that you've incorporated into your business, personal, professional that you've used to help you in your growth? Yeah, two things uh, there. One is people. Uh, People is the greatest multiplier in the home services space. Um, But identifying those roles and responsibilities and charting the path. And uh, so people is the one. And that's the easy one. I'll tell you the second thing I did was I created a functional org chart before I even started my business. And you'll see it in the book. I filled every role, just like you did when you first started. You're the president, the CFO, the chief marketing officer, the major sales guy, the fulfillment guy, the person who's going back and taking out the garbage at the end of every Friday. So, um, But I had those roles defined. And then what I found was I, I took the time uh, to go ahead and get the operations manual down. So at least it was written so I could expand to the level we are now. And that was hard to do because sitting down and having to write something is kind of a boring, mundane task for an entrepreneur who's out there moving and shaking and is uh, a little bit um, attention deficit disorder. <laughs> That's me. 
<laughs> yeah. Well, and you know, look, for for me as a I would say I'm that outsider looking in, just observing you and your business, you know, I'd love for you to me a multiplier that I've seen, uh, I'm just going to fill in the blanks and I'd love for you to talk about this has been your training. Uh, the way you train. So you mentioned your staff and your team, but the training that uh, I've heard you share at networking groups and that you've talked about is really top notch. I mean, it is superior. It's excellent. So I'd love for you to talk a little bit about that and how you train, especially anyone in the services business knows that you know, literally you cannot fulfill your contracts or serve your customers if you don't have a person going to their home or to that business to do it. And I think you've done a phenomenal job of being able to train and coach people. So would you mind sharing about that? Yeah, I love that you said that. Thank you. That that uh, means a lot because training is very important to me. It actually was a whole chapter in the book and why I even started another company called the Home Service Institute. But one of the beautiful things about working in the business I am is that the guys I work with are WYSIWYG. What you see is what you get. This isn't corporate America. There's not an uh, ulterior motive. There's not an agenda. If they come into their your office and say they need more money, guess what? They just need more money. Um, whether you agree with them or not and can give them more, that's a different story. But in the corporate America, there was always an agenda. There was always a, what's in it for me? Let's do it back and forth. So in our training, we do a lot around speaking their language and getting them interested in what we do. Because as owners, we want them to treat our customers like we would. But what they need as a, as a technician in the field doing things each and every day is to have an easy transaction where they can feel fulfilled as an artist doing something they're right and get rewarded for it. And yes, reward is financials so that they can take care of their families and their commitments. Yeah, that that's, uh, and you've done such a great job. I mean, it's one thing that I really admire and look look to you as uh, just an expert and authority on that. And uh, talk about Home Service Institute and what you're doing there. Yeah, so that's been a big one. Uh, so I realized that uh, training was important, but it was up to me to do everything again. And I was doing all the training. And so we do trainings on Wednesday mornings because in the beginning of the week, things are crazy in the home services world. If I try to train them at the end of the week, the weekend hits and everybody forgets what they heard. So we do it Wednesdays, uh, but I was doing it. And what I did was I began to delegate my training out to my operations manager. And I used to sit in the back of the room and now I started to digest it. And at that point, it hit me that I'm in the training business now, uh, and I'm really not in the handyman business anymore. I'm not really in the bathroom remodeling business, and it's the training. And by giving these guys the training and showing them the benefits of, if you just listen to our training and what we're talking about, I can get you into the transaction, work with the customer, then you can get rewarded. I can fulfill your need of an easy transaction. You can feel good about what you did as an artist and feel rewarded. If you listen to what I'm saying, and I can speak your language, and I'm I'm coming through to you and making sense, then they see the benefit in it. So what we do in training is we'll do it consistently. Um, and we always train around customer service, something around our operational processes. And lastly, we do something technical because if I don't give them a technical skill or something that we've learned, you know, how to set a garbage disposal a little bit quicker and easier than somebody else, or how to shim a door without having to take all the door off, which are all tricks that we learned here, then they'll listen to that just call your customer before you get there, <laughs> which I used to say for years. But we've been doing this now for three years and it's been phenomenal. My uh, retention rate is better. Uh, my uh, reviews online and my online reputation has gone up. And my guys who we have a bonus system in place now, three quarters of them make bonus 
where before I started this, only 25% used to. So we flipped it all on this year, which is great. Wow. And so is the Home Service Institute, is that within your current company? Is it a separate business? How does that work? So the Home Service Institute is a website. It's the homeserviceinstitute.com where you can, at the lowest level, just subscribe and have access to our videos, which will give you the customer service component with some talking points. Because as busy business owners, I don't have time to come up with clever ways to talk to my guys about customer service. So we've done that and we've come up with these 10 minute videos with talking points that speak their language. And it's something that's usually of interest and usually a little bit of a history topic. Uh, and then we translate it at, and we translate our business want into their customer technician need. Um, so the customer has a need, the technician has a need, and uh, it's really been able to hit. So by just signing up at a pretty low rate, uh, we're hoping that people join this community and become part of it. And then we can all share customer service success stories across home services. Mm. So this is open for any home services business anywhere around the country or even around the world if it's all online. Right. This could be for anybody doing anything uh, for people's houses. Uh, what, we, what the hard part is, is that we all have similar skilled trade technicians um, and we don't have time to do the customer service training um, because we're so focused on how do you turn that wrench better or how do you cut that wood better or how do you set that hot water heater. But by having this and becoming it becomes part of a culture that really will start to improve your tenure, improve your customer service. And as an employer, you got guys who are out there doing things that you want done that fits into their need. Amazing. Well, I love how you've taken what you've learned from your own business and figuring out how to make this work, implementing it and in seeing your retention increase, seeing your uh, the quality of the service that you're providing increased in, in, through online reviews and the rating and happier uh, technicians, happier guys out in the field. Uh, that, that's amazing. And now offering that to any other home services business. Yeah, we think we've made it a really easy entry point. Uh, it's not a lot of money. We, we start out at $5.95 for a year subscription because we think it takes about six months to really start to see the benefits. But after a year, and then you can cycle through and there's um, we've developed uh, right now anywhere we've developed 16 videos. We'll have up to 24 videos and then we'll be able to offer uh, culture training services and other training services to help people kind of implement this in their own business. And we think it'll be something that will be really worthwhile to companies all across the nation and worldwide. Absolutely. Well, and I think this is something for our audience that that's currently maybe a franchisor or is expanding. Uh, if you're looking, I hadn't thought about that, but it just, if you're looking for something to help support your existing training, to add value to your franchisees or to your extended network of operating territories, this seems like a great solution to help fill in some gaps, especially on the customer service. This is always a need in the home services business. So brilliant, brilliant, brilliant idea on coming up with this and putting it together. And uh, not surprised uh, with with uh, knowing you and and seeing what you're doing. That's amazing work. Well, I appreciate that. Yeah, actually, uh, two of the companies we've signed up already are part of a franchise system. They're just some of the bigger in their own franchise systems. And as you have a franchise system out there, usually you build it to get up to scale. Once you're up to a certain size, sometimes a franchisor can't help as much because they're working on the other two thirds of the organization. Uh, so we've been involved with these guys. And I think it is a good fit because that way, as a franchise team, you don't have to worry about this piece. And it's really, again, it's a low barrier of entry because I'm just trying to build the community up as big as we can, because yeah. I think it's worthwhile. 
Amazing. I love it. Well, thank you for sharing that. We'll list the link in the show note, homeserviceinstitute.com, right? That's the, the website. Yeah. The homeserviceinstitute.com. The homeserviceinstitute.com. Yeah, long and hard. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Well, look, the last question we like to ask every guest, Chris, is what does success mean to you? Success means to me, that's a great question because I thought it was a destination. And as we've learned, you really, it's a journey. Success to me is uh, allowing me the, the time financially to do things I like to do personally. But what I find is I really like doing is I like work, working on my business. So success to me is seeing other people succeed. And I really get excited about watching others kind of grow and grow with me. So success for me is, especially at the point I am now in my career, is, is being able to give back and see other people succeed along with me. Amazing. Well, as we look to end here, Chris, is there anything you'd like to share with the audience that we haven't had a chance to get across? Yeah. The only one we talked about early on was uh, back to the book. If you read it, you'll find out that one thing I did was I was in engineering and machining all my life and then consulting. And next thing I know, I put my shingle out and I became a retail business and I didn't realize I was a retail business. So when you work with the variables of the general public and the consumer population, uh, you've got to make sure that you've got your business together and your processes together because, boy, they can come at you from all different ways. Well, thank you again, Chris, so much for being here. I'm so grateful for your time. And let's go ahead and jump into today's three key takeaways. So the first key takeaway that Chris mentioned was you have to be optimistic, sometimes blindly optimistic, when you go into business for yourself. And as an eternal optimist, as I would refer to myself as, I think optimism is sometimes often overlooked in how powerful it can be. So being optimistic about what's coming the future, and I think that could apply to any aspect of your life or whether you're an entrepreneur or not. Number two is every business or everyone in business needs to have a business plan. And I loved how Chris shared and talked about his business plan, how he stayed true to it. He had opportunities that he said no to because they were not aligned to his business plan and how he had some advisors or mentors that helped hold him accountable to his own business plan. And key takeaway number three is really what prompted the opening question for the podcast today, which was talking about creating a functional organizational chart. And if you haven't done it, make sure that you do. And if you haven't reviewed it in a while, a while meaning if you haven't looked at it in a year or more, it's been too long. Take a look at it, pull it out. It's probably something you should look at quarterly, at least annually, as you're growing and developing your business. And now it's time for today's win-win. So today's win-win comes from when Chris said success is seeing other people succeed along with him. Success is seeing other people succeed along with him. I thought that was fantastic, and it's something and a great perspective for you to be thinking about as the leader of your organization. How are you bringing people along with you? Are you providing opportunities for them to accomplish their dreams? And remember, their dreams are not your dreams. Their dreams are not your dreams or their goals or what success means to them is not necessarily the same thing that success means to you as the leader of the organization. So that's our episode today, folks. Thanks for tuning in. 
Please like, please subscribe, share this with anyone who you think will benefit, and we look forward to having you back next week. 